eaters. It was humongous. Wow. Uh, yes, very large. That's what, 30, 30, 30 feet. feet, something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, 30. It's big, 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 big. Yeah. Eaters. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was trying to make it so yeah. that everyone <laughs> could understand. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it was like one of the wildest things I'd ever seen. But it wasn't like, when I say Cthulhu, I don't mean it was like black and menacing. It was just this wad of glass tentacles in the air. It was wild. Yeah. It's, but apparently uh, he's, he does lots of them. Oh. Yeah, that's that's not going to work. It's just going to take out my background. That's fine. <laughs> I said I have a Cthulhu book, but the camera won't pick it up because Eldritch Horror. Because, yes. The camera preserved our sanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you said beer shake. Um, we've got a drive through place in the United States called Sonic, and they do all kinds uh-huh. of drinks and things like that. Well, the one... I don't know if all of them are like this, but the one around here is doing wine slushies. What? All right. All right. And, what, and slushies are one of the things that are kind of fade for like, like uh, cherry lime, laid slushy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like wine. Like and actual do alcoholic. wine or wine flavor? I Why not? don't Damn. know. I haven't gotten That's, one. That is uh, <clears throat> totally defeating the purpose. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't a bunch of the wine just not freeze? Like the alcohol wouldn't freeze, right? So... You just end up with alcohol in the bottom of the slushy. I don't know if it'd be the bottom or the top. Remember those uh, slushies we got in um, Las Vegas? Vegas? Yeah. The big ones with Barely. the liquor on top. Yeah, the 151 lots. or yes. PGA or whatever it was on top. Lots of liquor on top. Holy <clears throat> crap. Yes. <laughs> and it was served, some of them were served in those big whale bones. Yeah, big, they're real narrow, things. but still they're like three feet long. That's a lot of liquor, and you could—that's right. You could pay an extra dollar for an extra shot of PGA. Holy I crap! I think it was one fifty-one. I don't think it was quite PGA, but of course. Right. At that point, <laughs> either one's flammable. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Jamie, you are the master of screens. How is this going to play out? Well. When with um, Grayson style, yeah. Well, well. When you're when you're ready to um, take take Mike through his uh, you know little shop of horrors. I mean date. I mean vignette. (laughs) Vignetti. uh, Then um, me and Heath will mute, and I will change to a special screen. Special. Special edition. And at some point in the middle of it. I'm going to change it again because the one that I wanted to make, I'm still making. So, <laughs> all right, we're uh, we're building the plane as it takes off here, folks. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on tight, everyone. Do everyone not grab bank an oar. Right, we're only bank on left. Just breathe into the bag. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Sitting on the front of the train, laying rail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the it's the Buster Keaton movie where there's a where the uh, one of the beams is in the way and he has to knock it out. While the while the train's moving, so yeah, and I'm eating dinner. <laughs> All right, well, let's Such get started. Very well, Heath and I will mute. Shut up! Don't leave me alone with him. <laughs> Last time I lost a finger. I think <laughs> I think we're a clone now. I'm counting Wait. before I go in. That actually might be uh, 
trademark infringement. What didn't uh, Yankovic actually do that? I think I'm a clone now. Yeah, he's just nodding. He's muting himself. <laughs> he is <laughs> manual manual mute. Ah, yep, that'll do it. Oh, shoot, I forgot to bring up the dice thing. Let me, uh, I'm not ready. Let me bring up roll 20 real quick. <laughs> Looks like you already have it up. Uh, to me? Uh, Jamie's got it up for the stream. Of course he does. He's on it. Logging in. Loading up. I, I don't know how many people know that like Jamie's running the stream and like organizes all the graphics and everything for the stream. Like he's yeah. doing all the technical crap in the background. Yes. <clears throat> he uh he was generous enough to take that from me like twenty or five episodes ago, like early, early on. Uh he kept asking, Hey, do you want me to do this? I'm like, nah, it's okay. Like just just play and finally he started showing me some designs. I'm like, Yeah, man, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great i love it just uh i'm just heaping praise on him while he's off camera so yeah and muted so we can say muted, whatever we want so he, can, he, can't he won't object. hear us <laughs> so we're gonna start out literally waking up the next day you had had a long rest you've just left drakthar's way oh hang on my wax just slipped eh, okay You've just left Drakthar's way, came back, did a little bit of tooling around town, uh, got some information about, uh, or actually gave some information about what's going on to Jinya, and she took the bodies to inter them, and you're supposed to go back to her whenever you decide that you're ready. You know, they can do the, they can do the uh, magical embalmment for as long as you like, um, and you're waking up the next day. First, I would like to talk about your level five. Oh what, yeah, what happens to your class at level five? Uh, so uh, Trathil is a rogue, so he gets more sneak attack at this level. So it's gone up to three d six now, which is disgusting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm sure we'll have fun with that. The other thing that happens as a, a soul knife is that his uh, whatever whatever you call them, what are the crazy? Dice these guys. Psycho, the psychic energy dice. Yeah, psionic energy dice. I've gone up to I now have six of them. I'm I'm not using them very often. There's a bunch of reasons for that. Um okay. but they've gone from a D six to a D eight. So they're they're also stronger now than they were before. And you excuse me, you have six a day? I have six a day, yeah. Wow. Um right. I can rec I can recover one per short rest, so even if I do run out, um my short rest will let me get one back. Um and uh, one of the tricks that I can do, which is the, the psychic connection where we have the walkie-talkies, yep. uh, that one I can do once for free per day. So okay. I, I can do it once, for, once per long rest without expending a die, and then after that it costs a die every time. And that's D however many your dice is. So now it's D8 hours where it used to be now it's d8 hours. hours yeah yeah so nice. now i can now i can start rolling ones on the d8 and still yeah. on the d6 well <laughs> exciting uh you're not really a spellcaster so you don't get anything as far as that goes right no i do get one more trait though which is based on um being a rogue i get uncanny dodge so i can use a reaction to have an attacks damage against me if i can see it coming and uh, i think no that's it <laughs> 
that's, every that's round for it. Wow. Every round, yeah. If I can, if somebody attacks me and I can see them coming, then I can use my reaction to halve it, halve the damage. Now your your face just turned Technicolor like your background. I'm not sure if that was intention. Uh, you're, you, oh oh, ah, welcome back. Okay, you just you had like this Zartan thing going on. I couldn't tell if you were there or if it was the background. Uh, yeah, nope. Mo better. Yes, 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 yes. I didn't okay. do it. So you wake up the next morning. You've spent the night again in the uh, drunken Morkoth. Um, when you wake up, you've actually got a small envelope that's been slid under your door. Ooh. Oh. <clears throat> uh, Tarathia will very, very carefully pick it up and examine it. Okay, you lose a finger first. And then... <laughs> Uh, it's it's closed and sealed with um, a stylized M. I get my my finger cutting wax. Um, stylized M. M. Uh, I don't so have do my notes you, in front of me. Is this the sort of thing I remember? Do you remember who you're meeting? No. Uh, Maple. I should have looked this up. Her, Maple. It's okay. Her name is Maple. Okay. So, just a little hint as to who it may be from. Alrighty. Um, yeah, in that case, uh, Tarathiel will, uh, he'll check the, the door and the window to see if they've been tampered with. Okay. I, I imagine he's, he's the type that sticks a hair over the, over the crack every night. Yeah. Yeah. Over or, the door and over the window. You know, as I, when I was a kid, if I tried to do a booby trap, I would take like a GI Joe and attach a string to it and have the door barely open. So if somebody opened it, it would drop and swing like a booby trap slap slash. I knew you were here kind of thing. So I'm sure that's exactly uh. what Tarathiel does. Uh, G.I. Joe, Joe booby trap. Uh, give does, me an investigation. There's a collection of G.I. Joes. Uh, investigation. 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 Ah. Uh, 18. 18. It does not look like anybody has come in through your door or your window. It was definitely just the, the letter under the door. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, once he's satisfied that, that everything is, is safe and cool, he will uh, open up the letter and have a look. Okay. Pop it open, and it turns into one of those uh, screamers from Harry Potter. Harry, oh. old Weasley. No, you pull out the letter, and it's, it's a very simple message. Change of plans. Koi Nixie. Koi Nixie. 8 p.m. And it's got an M underlined at the bottom. And having Koi Nixon, having been in Cauldron, granted, it, this is the ninth day you've been in the city. Um, you've had some time, some downtime to look around, and you've heard of the Koi Nixie. It's kind of a uh, mid to upper level restaurant. A little expensive, but uh, well known and uh, in the upper area. Uh, actually, it's number 19 on the map. So if you look at it, you can mm -hmm. see. Uh, where's my map? Do I have a map? Too many windows open. Yeah, exactly. Up oh, to the east. Far east, right along the wall. But it's on the outer perimeter, the Obsidian Avenue, which, as y'all remember, like the further out you get, the, the more expensive and the ritzier the areas are. So it, it says, change of plans, Koi Nixie, 8 p.m., M, underlined. Which is like 12 hours from now, more or less. 
Koi Nixie. Koi Nixie. Gonna have to get some better clothes. You're probably <laughs> right. I mean, this is kind of a black tie kind of place. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, you. I know you had mentioned before that there were some things you wanted to do. Um, and just kind of a behind the scenes. Yeah, this is happening tonight. Um, but the characters are are enjoying some downtime right now. So if you've got things you want to do that will take longer than 12 hours or, you know, if you've got plans, let me know. We'll, we'll get started. We'll initiate what's going on. But as of right now, you've got the day, uh, before you meet up with Maple. Okay. Then yeah, um, will get himself organized for the day. He has a, um, uh, like a wooden carved, carving of a bird that he wears around his neck and a leather strap make sure that that's in place and under his clothes gets everything ready to go heads down has some breakfast what kind of bird is it is it a specific kind of bird i i think it's a raven but i would need to check i did did put it in my notes somewhere but i'm not sure exactly where i put it okay we can come back to that that's fine we'll we'll say it's a raven and then i'll change my notes later if i'm wrong (laughs) Good enough. That's a nice thing to <laughs> pretend. You can change your pretending any time. Yeah. No, it's definitely a raven and was always a raven. Um, oh. <laughs> you pretend well. All right. <laughs> so you're heading out for the day. Yeah. What would you like to do during the day, if anything? If not, we will skip to the the maple time. Um. So, uh, Terakul has a strange idea. He would like to find a toy maker somewhere in the city. All right. Because um, they're a phenomenal amount of money, and I know a bunch of orphans, and I want to do something nice for them. Okay. Um, it's Christmas time. <laughs> honestly, the best that would have been, not because of what he his storefront was, but because of his skill level, would have been Gelb's locks. Gelb yeah. is an expert tinker, um, but his shop has been shut down and uh, taken over by the city. Um, and he was pr- imprisoned or banished? I don't remember. He was he's, banished he's... banished from the yeah. city. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Let me just take a look. There are no specific like toy shops. There are shops. Honestly, uh, you ask around, or you ask... Uh, Nalini or uh, the barkeep, uh, which still nobody's asked his name, which I think is hilarious. I don't want you to do right now. Um, If there's anywhere that has toys or a good place to sell, there's a place called Tybalt's Old Things. And they think that, which is kind of like a a pawn shop, for lack of a better word, but like an antique store slash pawn shop. So they they think that if you're going to try to find something like that, to buy something, that would be the place to do it. But as far as actually having it made, nothing comes to mind, um, at least to them. Okay. Uh, really hoping to to custom, get something custom made. Um, uh, well, uh, the barkeep says, well, ask him. Um, he may be, he's a purveyor of goods. He may know where to get them or have them made. All right. Uh, I, I, I don't and, know. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. And uh, do, do you know? Do you know where I could get a good suit in the city? A suit? 
Uh, how much you want to pay? Uh, enough that I look reasonable, but not enough that I can't eat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are eating for free, so... But, <laughs> let me see. Um, yeah, there is a nice... <coughs> excuse me. There's a nice place um, up, actually near um, St. Cuthbert's Church, back behind it on Obsidian Avenue. Um it's a clothier. It's a more expensive clothier. They'll be able to set you up, do uh, measurements, and, and do a tailored suit for you if you choose. Or you can buy off the rack. <laughs> I don't have the body for an off-the-rack suit. I need a custom tailored. <laughs> Look for gloves, all right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Tarathiel's an elf, so he probably has a... A weird body shape in comparison to humans, a little bit at least. Like long body, thin frame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In a city right. full of humans, he's, he's going to need a custom tailor job. Uh, right. It's Kalen's uh, Clothiers, uh, up in, like I said, Northern Obsidian, back behind St. Uh, Cuthbert's Church. Kalen? Yeah, and I'm pinging on the map where you'll find it, but that's no big deal. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not actually looking at the map when you're pinging. Okay, I'm assuming back here somewhere. That's exactly where I ping. It's amazing. <laughs> Psychic connection is working. All right, you gotta, you say over, to... gotta say over when you finish talking. Over. <laughs> over. Copy. <laughs> copy over. Uh, all right, uh, you head over to Kalen's. Yeah. And, Walk inside. Uh, plain storefront. Go ahead. I was just going to say Tarathi also says goodbye to the barkeep, but he calls him barkeep because he just thinks it's the, that it's probably the guy's name. <laughs> first name bar, last name keep. Everybody, yep. It's like a celebrity. He always gets called by the first and last name. I thought it was like barkeep, like, uh, like with an apostrophe. <laughs> uh, you head out and get to Kalen's Clothiers, normal storefront. And again, by the way, it is raining so hard that the the declination of the roads have become uh, in the center of them are basically rivers. So you have to kind of walk along the side and even then it's muddy, all the water is just pouring and you can tell it's obviously going down to the crater in the center. Mm -hmm. uh, quickly make yourself, make your way over to Kalen's. You walk in, you're the only one there. Uh, it's fairly early, early in the morning and nobody's getting out in the weather, especially to buy a nice suit. You walk in, and it's an older human. Uh, looks over. Hey, how are you? What can I do for you? I am uh, suddenly find myself in need of uh, a nice suit for a dinner. When's the dinner? It is, um, it is tonight at 8 p.m., apparently. Oh, you need it today. How wonderful. I can, by all <laughs> means, of course, have this ready for you. By 7 p.m. It does cost a little bit more for the expediency, but it's well worth it. Well, I value expediency. How much are we talking? For the suit itself, 10 gold. The expediency will cost you another 2 gold. That's reasonable. He looks a little disappointed. <laughs> As though maybe he should have asked for more. <laughs> Done. Uh, let's take your measurements, and I'll get started right away. I have nothing 
pressing that I can't put away for a fine gentleman such as yourself. I am. Uh, while while he's measuring Tratilab, he'll uh, he'll ask her. You um, you must know a few seamstresses or tailors, well, I, people that sew. I I'm by far the best in town. What can I do for you? I'm I'm certain you are, but I'm I'm looking for somebody that doesn't do clothes as uh, as much as stuffed toys. Oh, I see. Um, that sort of thing might be um, might be something that you don't have the time for, but you might know someone. Well, what's your time frame for that? Uh, not a great rush. I can certainly look around. I'll see if I can find it, or I'll see if I can contact someone before you have your seat, suit tonight. Thank you. That would also be appreciated. Of course. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm hoping to commission some work. So if you can put me in contact with somebody, I'm sure we can come to some kind of financial arrangement. You're wanting to craft dolls, yes? Cloth dolls yes. stuffed with cotton or hay? Um, whatever is comfortable for the children. Cotton, I assume, is more comfortable than hay. Cotton. Cotton it is. That shouldn't be too difficult. I'll see what I can find out. And he's talking to you as he's doing your measurements. And you're doing the whole YMCA and he's cupping and things like that. 20, 30 minutes yeah. later. I was just going to say, like, as he's as he's doing that, he might make note of the fact that Tarathiel's missing two fingers on his right hand, and he has quite a number of scars on his face as well. Are you needing a set of special gloves? Um, I mean, I'm, yes. All right. I'll be sure to have those ready for you as well. May hey. I ask what happened to your hand? If I'm not being too bold. Um, I made some choices that maybe weren't great. And, it uh, happens. I paid for them, but uh, not in gold. Looks like you paid twice. He's measuring and measuring. and uh, Shoes will be included with the, the suit. Everything will be ready and perfect, I promise. Or my name yeah. isn't Kalen. Kaylin, you're a gentleman. Thank you very much for your assistance. I'll be back for 7 p.m. It will be ready. Um, other than that, so uh, Jethil will walk back out into the street. I guess if it, it's pretty much continuously raining, right? It never stops. It has not stopped for <laughs> at least three days. It, it started, it was on and off when you first got here, dark skies, usually midday it would rain or it would clear up midday, but it'd start the morning out and end the day out raining. But as those three or four days progressed, it got to where it's just more and more. And literally the last three days, it has been nonstop mm -hmm. heavy, not just like drizzling rain, like heavy rains for days. Yeah. So I guess uh, Tarathi will try and source it. Uh, umbrella or something while he's out and about in the city but his um his kind of pet project is trying to uh trying to disassemble the the last laugh um that that's his his long-term goal is to uh try and identify people 
within the organization and kind of, uh, you know, when you, when you have in a TV show, you get the conspiracy board with all the, yeah, yeah. all the, yeah, all the different, and... all the different faces and like trying to figure out who reports to who and, and basically building the org chart of an evil organization. <laughs> yes. That's what you're doing. That's, that is what he's trying to do. <laughs> so, so far you've got, uh, Jill, which yes. was, you know, her, you've got the three guardsmen for sure. What else do you know right now? I mean, you know that you've met probably the guild master who took your finger. Yep. And which you had no choice whatsoever because I was running your character at the time. Yes, yes. Uh, you know they know that, use... Go ahead. I know that I know that Jill can change form. Yes. In definitely. some way, shape, or form. And it was also the... Um, there was the, the heavy set woman outside the bakery that directed us to... Uh, to Oryx in the end was was that I think we determined that that wasn't Jill, or we weren't sure if that was Jill. Uh, you weren't sure, but you weren't not sure either. Yeah. Um, but I do know the other. The only other thing that I do know about them is that they are using the uh, what is the the location number twenty. Uh, the Lakeside Pavilion. They're using the oh. Lakeside Pavilion as like a like a meeting place. Yeah, it's like a, a like a dead drop, um, mm-hmm. and it's obvious that uh, disguises are used, different faces from day to day. Mm-hmm. But you also realize that the tipped tankard, which is where um, it's up here, number fifteen, it's it's where it's like the cop bar. It's the cop restaurant. It's where all the guardsmen go on the end of their shift. That's also mm-hmm. very, very heavily uh, frequented by members of the Last Laugh, which isn't too much of a surprise because there's such a heavy connection in certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're certain it's definitely not quote the the Guild Hall by any stretch of the yes. imagination. It's just somewhere that they frequent themselves. It's like going to a restaurant where the Goodfellas always go. That's that mm-hmm. kind of feel, you know, because that's how you feel about the last life. It is a organized crime syndicate, not just, which I guess, I guess, uh, these guilds really are, but this is for sure like organized crime. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, uh, the Tarathiel's plan for the day leading up to the, to picking up his suit and, and going out for dinner is to pretty much hang out at the pavilion somewhere. Um, okay. And just just take note of traffic, just to get a feel for who's coming, who's going, when, why, who talks to who. Um, it's still very, very early days in this stuff. He, he definitely doesn't want to walk into a cop bar and hang out. Um, that's, <laughs> that's not seem like a good plan. Pretty well known by most of the cops at this point, too. He's pretty well known, but um, before getting to the pavilion, he will use the Hat of Disguise to change what he looks like to uh, to look like a different person entirely. And probably in the walk from uh, from the clothier to, to the pavilion, he will take a few different turns and, and try and get lost in, in crowds and get a feel for if If somebody is following him, he wants to make it as difficult as possible for them to figure out where he's gone and uh, change change what he looks like a few times before he gets to the pavilion. So take like seven lefts, see who all follows you, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, give me a perception check for one to kind of see if you're being tailed. And I think the hat of disguise, there's no 
uh, there's no role with that. It's just it acts like the spell alter self, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Uh, uh, perception. Just, 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 just disguise self, not alter disguise self. So self. it is not. It is an illusion. If somebody can see through it, then uh, they would see right through it and see Tarathiel underneath. Okay, and if they touch you, if you've made yourself taller or shorter, they can feel the difference. That kind of thing. They would but, definitely you know. be able to tell. Okay. Yeah. Um, you don't feel like anybody's following you. Okay. You make your turns, spend an extra 30 minutes walking around, walking through alleys as one person coming out of somebody else and end your, your short, long walk to the pavilion. Um, and basically going to spend your day there until you return to, uh, Kalen, Kalen's, uh, clothier. Yep. Yep. Okay. He'll, uh, he'll grab a taco. There'll be a truck there. I'm sure. Yeah, there is. Uh, all right. So you do. You spend majority of the day. Uh, and the nice thing about the pavilion is it has a roof, so you're out of the rain. But you, one of the things you do notice, it's not so much the people, but you notice that the lake is noticeably not like before your eyes, but it's definitely risen a good two or three feet in the past couple of days. Um, just in, in passing, you hear people talking about the flood season and the flood festival. And you remember those, remember 15 years ago or longer, 25 years ago when, before they started, uh, before the priests started taking care of the floods, how the entire Ash Avenue, almost up to Lava Avenue was covered by water. And, you know, just, you're in a pavilion, like people come have lunch, people have their, their, uh, getaways together and you hear, uh, people, talking a little bit concerned about the rising water because this by most people's uh, reckoning is the hardest it's ever flooded mm-hmm. at least as long as they can remember um, does anybody have it like is does Tarathiel get the sensation that the priest should have already started taking care of this and they're not or just that it, they haven't gotten around to it yet or um, uncertainty the the okay. general people that are talking, you don't see any priests down there. Um, mm-hmm. But the general talk is, hey, was it, did, did they start this early or how long did they, I can't remember, you know, that kind of feeling like, I'm not sure if they should have started by now. It's not the flood festival yet. Do they actually wait for the first day to start the, not quite sure. Uh, nobody can actually remember because it's not happened in a long time to where it's been needed. It's been a while. Kind of, kind of lost in myth and mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as uh, picking up on any kind of uh, thieving occurrences, more or less, you just kind of get you're getting an idea because those those hats, the hat that you're wearing, doesn't like really really drastically change. It would like turn it's it would be like a filter on Snapchat. Like mm-hmm. you can tell it's you, but it's like more of a girly you with nice, big, you know, that kind of thing. It, It'll pass in general inspection a little better than Snapchat, I suppose. But um, you can't change a whole, whole lot. You know, you can change. Mm-hmm. So just by keeping an eye out and specifically looking for things like that, you see every once in a while somebody that could easily be the cousin of somebody you saw an hour ago. That kind of thing. Like you're you're starting to see familiarities. Yeah. So my, my intention is is that he probably isn't going to get a solid lead off of this, but just to immerse himself in it, so that if he sees someone in the future, he can go, "Ah, oh, I know, I know, we, I know you. 
I know that you've spoken to this other guy. Like just yeah, you're, really, you're, really getting a feel for things more than actually doing anything yet. You're connecting the strings. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, no problem. You finish up and head back to uh, Kalen's. And you walk inside and Kalen's in there and he's got the suit and it's sitting on like a single rack and the shoes are sitting and it's resplendent. It is amazingly well designed and sewn. Um, And Kalen's smiling from ear to ear. He's very proud of himself, obviously, but he's also, um, I also found someone that could do your, um, uh, your dolls. Excellent. Uh, she goes by the name of Moonfish. Um, she's a little bit of a character, um, but I can definitely get you in connection with her. Jathiel raises an eyebrow at the, word, at the name Moonfish, but doesn't say anything. And he, he, he scribbles an address, basically, and hands it to you. Um, mm-hmm. She should be able to take care of that. That, uh, that sounds lovely. Thank you very much. And... and uh, he also has a, a nice big umbrella sitting beside the suit. Perfect. My gift. <laughs> uh, Tarathio will pay the man 20 gold pieces. He, now, he smi- <clears throat> now he smiles even bigger. That, that look of disapp- disappointment is definitely, wa- definitely washed over by joy. Anytime, you're always welcome. And you, you, sir, I will give a discount. Please do come again. <laughs> I will, and I'll uh, I'll tell my friends. Thank I've you. A, I've got one at least that could be a bit of a challenge. Oh, he smiles. You you don't come into this building unknown, my friend. <laughs> well, um, I'm off to off off on a date. How do I look? Amazing, exquisite. Perfect. I would let you buy me dinner. <laughs> well, buy me a drink first. <laughs> and Jarathia uh, will wander, wander off. Okay. Um, head out. Go to the Koi Nixie. Uh, and it's, it's as expected. Um, a ritzier style restaurant. Um, there is a, a person up front who... Asks for your name. Asks if you have. Asks if you have reservations. Do you have reservations, sir? Uh, I believe so, but it might be under a different name. Are you meeting someone? Yes. And Tarathia uh, will will hand over the uh, the letter that he was given. He opens it, closes it, hands it back to you. Right this way. And this is when I find out that Maple works in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he turns, meanders through the actual restaurant proper, and there are a set, probably looks like three or four private rooms uh, for parties and, and special guests. Takes you into one of those rooms, opens the door, allows you in, shuts the door behind you. Uh, as you walk in, you do see Maple. Uh, you recognize her. She's well dressed and finery, just like you've done. She's gone and gotten her best. But along with her, she, there are two other people, um, two half elves, a blonde 
pale male, looks like he's 20, and a brunette, darkly tanned male, who looks like he's probably around 20 years old. And as you both, as you walk in, they both stand up in tandem, give a, a, a slow bow, and sit back down. And Maple just hops up and just smiling from ear to ear. You made it. How are you? I am doing well. Yourself? You you look better than when I last saw you. Thanks to you. Um, which is part of why I asked you to come tonight. Um, I've told my friends about you. Uh, please have a seat. And order some drinks. Order some food. Um, she's... She anytime you just even remotely discuss uh, paying for it, she just no. I, it, this is taken care of. This is all. It's fine. You get whatever you like. Uh, tonight is on me. Spend a couple uh, of minutes. If at all, if at all possible, Tarathia will organize it so he's not sitting with his back to the door. Okay. <laughs> and funnily enough, none of you are. Uh-huh, You're all yeah. sitting to where nobody's uh, back is to the door. We're all in the booth. <laughs> yeah, very snug, like elbow to yeah. elbow. Yeah. Um, I asked you to meet me here, um, originally to say thanks, but in the few days of the past, and literally it's been a few days, you've done more for the city than most have and done in a lifetime. You've saved children. Um, just recently heard you were uh, stamping out the goblins. Um, you were seen dragging a couple of bodies out of the bathhouse. And, you know, she, she talks a little bit and she speaks as though she was like a fly on the wall, not necessarily down in the base, down in, um, uh, uh, Drakthar's caverns, but anywhere in the city, it seems like she's had her eye on you. Feels uh, like you've been paying very close attention. We have. And Wait. that leads me to introduce, introduce you to my two friends. Um, this is Fario, and she she motions to the blonde, and this is Falion. Uh, I'm going to say Nerio. Fario. <laughs> Far? Here. No, we're not doing Sesame Street tonight. <laughs> Fario and Felion. And they both nod in tandem. And Faria, the blonde, says, it is actually very nice. And then Felion ends to meet you. Finishing each other's sentence. That's creepy. Do they do that a lot? We actually do. And okay. she just nods. Yes. You get used to it eventually. Sure uh, I will. And Good she just... Huh? Pleasure to meet you both. They nod. And she sits back. And just motions to them to start taking, start to take over. And Fario is, begins. Hmm? Is it starting to feel like a job offer? Well, <laughs> you're intuitive also. Um, and then Maple goes, Never mind, you, you talk. And she, she sits back. This is, uh, Fario looks at you. We are both, and then Valley and Fins finishes with Strider's of Fanglin and you being a person who's from Greyhawk, who knows the gods, you know that Farlangan, excuse me, Farlangan uh, is the god of uh, 
horizons and good roads and things like that, like good omen, fair travels thing, that sort of uh, genre. No, dogma. <laughs> kind of uh, Desna-ish. I think so. Desna's yeah. uh, uh, artsy. Um, this Shellin is artsy. Desna is uh, oh, dreams, right. dreams, right. stars, and travelers. Yes, absolutely. Um, we as the striders of, far, I keep having to look the, the the way it's spelled is just it looks like something from the Cthulhu. It's F H A R L A G H N, right? So it's Falangan. F H A R L A N G H N G H N. Yes, a few too few vowels. I I would go with Falan maybe. Falan. Okay. Yeah, like you, you could you could do the the GHN like in Vaughn, where it's just a it's just a continued you sound. You don't like Farlangan? I you can go with whatever you like. This is your <laughs> you world, Matt. I'm Actually, just living in it. That sounds great. <laughs> I'm the world's worst about pronouncing words I've never heard. Farlan, and that. All right, we are Striders of Farlan. Um, we are a small group. And uh, Felion finishes that keeps two small cells. We look upon the horizon for the evils that may be coming. We're here for a reason. There are just there are more than just the two of us. They're going back and forth, back and forth. There's also Mirthan, who is basically our handler. You can't see him here today, but he's here with us. We're here because we have followed a group known as the Cage Rites. We don't know why they're here, but it can't be any good. We're approaching you because you have already shown that you're willing to fight against the last laugh. We know that they're involved somehow, but we have yet to make the connection. We know that you're not very happy with them, and they both at the same time wave the same hand that you're missing two fingers, and we would like to assist if we can. In doing so, you'll assist us. It does seem like our uh, desires are well aligned. So you have actually heard in passing, just because of who you're uh, associated around, you've heard of the Striders of Farlin. How do you pronounce mm -hmm. it? Farlin. 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 Farlin's okay. fine. You have heard of the, the Strider, uh, Striders of Farlin. And to give you an idea of the, the, the feel you get, think of Harpers from Forgotten Realms. Uh, kind of okay. a secret society of good guys who fight the evil and things like that. That's how you know them. So they're um, secret society. They're brought in secretly. Uh, if, if by chance it's my listening, doesn't know who the Harpers are. Um, they are just groups of powerful people doing good, fighting the evil where they can find it, tracking it down, preventing it, so forth and so on. They're that kind of uh, loose band of chaotic good adventurers. 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Would you right. be willing to join the Strogers? Perhaps. What is the requirements? Keep All I want to eye. do is take out the last laugh. That may be bigger than you think. But we certainly would assist any time that you wanted to finish a job against them. What we need to know now is how they're involved with the cage rights. The young boy that you saved, Tarim, was the target for the cage rights. The last laugh was assisting them in finding him and then kidnapping him. We don't know why, but we need to. Yeah. And, um, Matt, refresh my memory. I think Tarim ended up with the family, didn't he? He ended up not in the orphanage. He's been. No, he is in the orphanage still. He is still in the orphanage. He it was one that the... we, went, we went to talk to him and he wasn't there. Some of them, yeah, some of them had been adopted, but Tarim was still there. Okay. All right. Well, um, why would these cage rights be after a kid? That is the question. And Maple, she now that the introduction you guys have talked, she sits up. Um, we keep an eye on, and she. She kind of slumps for a second. Have you heard of the Alley Bashers? And Mike, I may have told you before, but there's a like a small thieves guild that was trying to run in Cauldron. That was the name of the thieves guild. Okay. Okay. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, says Maple. I was the guildmaster. We were trying to compete with the last laugh. We couldn't hold a candle to their organization to whoever's supporting them to whatever game. I mean, we're a thief. We were a thieves guild. Of course we stole things and we robbed people and maybe not always for the greater good, but we weren't murderers. We weren't uh, kidnappers. We weren't the, the fouler things in life we stayed away from. But when Farian, Ferio and Felian uh, came into Cauldron, they sought us out, and they've pretty much ended the Alley Bashers. Anybody that was not really on board with what the Striders had in mind, they left. They joined the last laugh. There's only a few of us left from the Alley Bashers. And we're basically Striders now. All right. Trathiel seems to be considering, and he's um, a look of mixed emotions on his face, but he will eventually kind of lean forward and say, if you're here to stop the last laugh and you stand against somebody that is trying to kidnap a kid, then you have my assistance. Thank you. Reach, it, reach, reach out a hand to shake on it. And she reaches out a hand. 
if you offer her, if you offer your three fingered hand, she yes. offers the opposite hand, as in to shake the hand that's whole. Okay. Then he will swap over. When she grabs your hand, she grabs it in a, me- in a manner to where she only uses the three fingers of the other hand. If someone shakes your hand this way, you know that they're re- giving you word from me. If you see okay. marks, and she holds her hand up like your hand is missing two fingers. If you see marks, that would look like a hand missing two fingers somewhere. Look for a dead drop. We'll use this as a means to communicate. I will be your connection. You probably won't see Fario or Felian for quite a while. You certainly won't see Mirthen. Not for a long time. I know we've asked you to come in, but we still have to fill you out. That's fair. Um, I've been traveling with two companions a fair bit in the last week. If you've been keeping an eye on me, you know them just as well. Should I be making an introduction to them? You're welcome to tell them whatever you like, um, but this invitation is to you alone. You have a certain skill set that we look for. All right. I'll keep it quiet for now. Thank you. They both, the two half-elves say in unison. Um, We have titles because we're an organization. Uh, You're now known as a path warden of the Striders. Okay. If you need certain items, potions, scrolls, Give us a couple of days. We'll see what we can do to help supply you. Otherwise, continue what you're doing because your work is amazing. Yep. Okay. We will uh, We will keep it up and we will. Uh, I will wait to hear from you. But in the meantime, I'm still going to be keeping an eye on the last laugh. And when we find out something more about it, you'll be the first to know. Okay. And we're going to cut here because that went a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, we've been going for 50-ish minutes? Yeah, like, yeah. I, uh, I was, the plan was like 15, 20 minutes, but you get going and you just lose track. Yeah. I did some mucking around early, too. I think Heath and Jamie have fallen asleep. Uh, cool. Well, that was our first vignette. I don't know if that's what people... Uh, I That's what that is. We'll try to do more of those in the future. Actually, we're going to do more of those in the future. I like having... I like giving the players one-on-one time to do stuff that they want to do. Um, so, I do want you to keep in mind, we are now in downtime, so... Next time we play, if there's things you want to accomplish during that take longer than you know eight to twelve hours that you've had between basically saving the world and saving children, let me know and we'll get things going. Um, cool. If all you want to do is uh, you know just start Batmaning the the last laugh, we'll see what we can do with that too. Okay. Yep. All right. So we're gonna. I'm getting a million texts in the background from my family, so sorry if I was a bit distracted <laughs> towards the end there, but... That's all right. 
this was kind of a again this is kind of a pre uh, uh prompt recording tonight i hope you enjoyed yourself we're gonna cut this one off so we can set up for the next one okay path warden tarathiel it does have a nice ring to it mm-hmm. <laughs> all right next on the chopping block <laughs> we're gonna do the light a day in the life of caldoon yes Although all these days in his life have been underground mostly. So a day in the life is sleeping on stone <laughs> and eating rations out of a backpack. Sleeping on comfortable mushrooms. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if that shield, that mushroom shield been a good pillow. All right, Probably. If you guys are, it's, it's if you guys are ready, we'll jump off. Uh, I'll mute and Mike, if you'll do the same. Yeah, go for it. Okay. I might um, might have to jump out and uh, and follow along on Twitch because I've got to go for a drive and pick up a child. Okay. Hey, go for it. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you showing up tonight. No, yeah. thank you. This this was awesome. I look forward to hearing everyone else's day. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Mike. All right. I think Mike has left the building. Kilroy's uh, his cousin Caldoon is uh, uh, on the screen right now. <laughs> there we go. All right. So we're going to start exactly from the same point. This is all happening while Tarathiel is out doing right. his thing. So okay. it's 8 a.m. ish, you know, first thing in the morning. You've come out of Drakthar's way, you've uh, spoken with Jinya. And try taking care essentially of Oryx's body and Drakthar's body, and spent the night at the Drunken Morkoth. Mm-hmm. You wake up in the morning, and you too are fifth level. Let's talk about fifth level Kaldun. So Kaldun's a wizard, and fifth level for wizards is pretty boring. They don't get much. <laughs> yeah, just third level spells. Just third, third level spells. Oh my goodness. So I thought about it, and he's. Um, it, it was a really difficult decision. He's getting fireball. Yeah, that was a and, no-brainer, I believe. Yeah, and um, hypnotic pattern. Okay, so you got some illusion, and you got some evocation. Yes. Now I don't really remember, but have you found any third-level spells in any of the spell books you found so far? No. All been first and second. Okay. Yep, they're all first and second. I mean, there are several good ones too. Uh, in those spell books, but they're all first and second level. I guess it's a good thing because that means they would have been using third level spells against you. True. That yeah. would have been painful. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, you know, he gets up and pretty much every morning, you know, he studies his spell book, scribbles, takes some notes. Um, and every morning he usually will ritual cast alarm. Uh, for a couple of reasons, to you know, protect his belongings, and also it is one of the things he has to do to energize his uh, arcane ward. Yeah, so that's kind yeah. of what he does in the morning. His abjurations. Yep. <clears throat> um, go downstairs in the inn, the drunken Morkoth, and sit mm-hmm. down and have some bacon and ale. Malini, uh, Malini's there. She does her typical. 
Hi. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'd like some breakfast meat and ale Show. every morning. And she obliges. Okay. Um, finish some sketches uh you know he's been working he's constantly working on arcane designs and stuff like that so it's it's not been evident throughout our play because it's been so sort of compact but he's a craftsman yeah yeah right you know and that was really one of his jobs um at tunareth was to make things Specifically, he's a metal worker. He's a blacksmith, but he made all not just weapons and armor. He made all kinds of things out of metal. <clears throat> and from the beginning, like from basically, I think episode three. Of course, it's only been nine days in game time. Yes, but this is the he's been day. working. He's been working on a design of something that he's been intending to make. Oh, that's addition, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. In yeah, addition to the other two things that the blue crater is actually working on him for him. Yes. And so that is the two things are a headband of intellect and an arcane grimoire. Yes. Grimoire plus grimoire one. Plus one. In case mm-hmm. people had forgotten the last track, but yes. And so he's finishing the sketches because he's, he's, he's um, been trying to decide, you know, how to make it work and what it's going to look like and what material to use and finding that, mithril suit of armor kind of clinched it for him it's like i'm going to make it out of fine silver and his sketch is of essentially a glove mm-hmm. um but it's it's you can see it's sort of like you know it's sort of an outline of most of it except the two fingers are made of silver okay and so he's pretty much got the design and um it's going to head over to Blue Crater Inn and Academy. Uh, Blue, Crater, Blue, Crater, <laughs> yeah. Blue Crater Academy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sit down. He's got he's got lots of irons in the fire. He's always making something. So, uh, you know, put his notes together, talk to the people there and sort of put together a plan for finishing the two items that he's already commissioned uh-huh. and assisting with them. And then laying out this thing, which. The magic item he wants to create is a common magic item. It's not anything super uh, complicated. It's just it's a little it's a slight twist on the prosthetic limb, mm-hmm. um, which is a common magic item. But I would also like for it to contain a lockpick. Yes. So this, um, the plan was to make a prosthetic pair of fingers and part of a glove, magical to where they were functional, as well as hiding a lockpick to replace Tarathiel's two missing fingers. Yes. Yeah. You actually brought that up, like, between third and fourth episode. That it was a very long time ago. Yeah. But you've been going at a breakneck speed. Yep. Saving the world, saving children, saving everybody. Um, but you don't always talk about downtime in between those fights in the you yeah. know, adventure type. So yeah, you've been, you've been scribbling for days trying to come up with this idea and you being as skilled as you are and as smart as you are. Um, yeah, you've completed, absolutely completed, uh, basically the schematic. You have created a schematic for lack of a better term. Okay, cool. To which you can create the magic item of finger prosthesis, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
very low level item, like a very common item as far as if you want to put like mechanics is in the magic world. Um, no special materials, 50 gold to make. Okay. Um, and you bring that to uh, Master Deacon. Uh, if you remember, that's the guy that yep. measured your head. <laughs> yes, for the head um, And Jonathan, the the the, uh, the guy at the acolyte at the front door, uh, sees you and Khaldun. Welcome back. Uh, are you here to see Master Deacon? I am. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing well. I'm very wet all the time, but tis the season. Do you uh do you assist with the crater lake any? Or is it purely uh, the work of the priests? I I'm pretty sure it's just the I'm almost certain it's just the priests. Okay. Uh, nobody's I don't think anybody's done anything with the lake in years. This is the hardest rain we've had in well since I've been here. Um don't ask. Well, you can ask Master Deacon if you want a sixteen-hour dissertation on rain. Um, well, I, I have an idea. Uh, whenever I get any of Master Deacon's time, of uh, something that could help, but uh, we can talk about that when you know when he's available. He is, um, okay. and he escorts you to Master Deacon's. Uh, office it's up it's on the fifth floor uh, which is also the library floor which you do have access to i don't remember i don't know if you remember that or not Mm -mm. but being a student and uh, having paid dues and all that stuff you have access to the library which essentially gives you advantage on knowledge checks oh nice yeah if i'm if i'm in the library if you're in the library and given time to study and it is dependent somewhat on the subject Right, I mean, it can't just be everything, but a lot. It 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 will give you advantage on many, many, many checks. I know Uh, something I need to look up. Okay, Um, Jonathan, you know, knocks on the door. You hear, "Come in," and he opens the door. Always good to see you, Caldine, and he shuts the door behind you. Hi, Bal. Good to see you too. Um, Hopefully, everything's going well. Hopefully, uh, uh, Boxy has not been eating holes in the walls or. Anything untoward? I'm not really sure where Boxy is. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody <laughs> knows ever where Boxy is. Or Twerp. Or Twerp. Yes. yes. I, I must impress upon you just how thankful we are that you brought us a pair of mimics to <laughs> Blue Crater Academy. I will sure, say, it keeps though, the students, students occupied. It definitely keeps them on their feet because nobody knows if they're sitting on a mimic or a chair. <laughs> but I will say they have been no problem. Um, oh, good. It's actually a joy whenever we can speak with them. So good. all joking aside, they're, they've been a nice addition. Good. Um, yeah, I, I just, I'd like to talk to you about the, uh, the two items that uh, I think are in the process and like to help you if I can sort of... Uh, you know, contribute to them, speed that process along. And then I've, I got an idea of another item I'd like to make. It's very simple, but it's sort of important to me. And then I have a theory of an item that I'd like to sort of kick around with you that may help with, um, our rain problem. Have a seat. Okay. Pull up a seat, lay down Uh, my notebook, flip it open. And he pulls a, a, 
couple of papers out. Um, one of them is you, you look at, you see what he's pulled out and it's sheaves of paper. The first one is a headband, which you oh. recognize as yep. the headband. Um, he pulls it out, sets it over. That is days away. Okay. This is almost done. Great. Um, pulls out another sheet and it's got schematic. It's a schematic, but yep. a drawing of a, a grimoire. Mm-hmm. This will be a few more weeks. Okay. Uh, if you want to come help, it will definitely speed the process along. Absolutely. Yep, I'll definitely help. Okay. Um, show me. What do you have? So I, I pull out, I'll flip over my book to the, the, the several drawings of the prosthetic. You know, this is one of the things I'd like to put together to uh, help a friend of mine. And also, um, I don't know how often there are people that need these kinds of things, but, uh, maybe this design could be expanded to, you know, create items for other people as well. Replace limbs. You know, this one in particular is for a friend of mine's hand, but the idea I think could be expanded. It takes your book, <laughs> flips it around, pulls out a quill, scratches something out, writes a little note, changes a little bit of math. Basically, he tweaks makes, it. Yeah, he he, yeah. he red pens it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This has merit. Um, and this, uh, you've made a very effective, simple design. Very well done. Cool. Um, Thank you. It doesn't look like this would take more than a day to do a glove. Wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to work on that. Um, I think my friend would be happy to get it. He turns around and grabs <laughs> something. Chunk stamps a big A on it. <laughs> turns your book around, slides it back to you. I passed the class. Well done. You yeah, have, thank you. You have made an A in uh, arcane engineering. Level, level one arcane engineering. Common <laughs> yes. items. Yes. Um, and so lastly, you know, this water apparently is not common. Um, and it's a been a possible problem. Uh, I we encountered an item while we were dealing with goblins, and I, I pull out the decanter of endless water. I set it on the table. He <clears throat> grabs it and looks at it. Well, this I believe would add to the problem. It would. He but hands it back to you. What would it take to make something that did the exact opposite? What, sucks water? Yeah. I mean, if you can make water in a thin air, could you not take something that did the opposite? I mean, I'm assuming... Well, we, we, so we got into, like, you know, ethereal, uh, you know, plane mechanics. It's like, you know, apparently it's piercing a hole into the elemental plane of water. Da, 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 da. Could we not do this exact same thing, but, like, reverse the polarity and cross the streams? <laughs> Don't cross the streams. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so he, he he's got the the water decanter and he's holding it up. <laughs> Don't say, it. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> Looks at it. This is definitely uh, some sort of conduit to the elemental plane of water for sure. Uh, sure, it has command words. Uh, it does. Yes. So, if you so, were to do something similar, it would have to be some sort of plane that would suck. But how would you specifically suck water? I don't know, but since That's... we're possibly having a flooding problem, I'm thinking, you know, 
and here's something that produces water, maybe there'd be something that could eliminate water. Well, it's it's been, oh gosh, 20 years since we've had a rain like this, but generally the priests have a, have an accord among each other to go down to the lakes and uh, remove the water by magical oh, means. I, okay, so they're already doing that. It's It's been planned for, I don't know, 40 years. It's about how long the... The flood, uh, flood water parade. Oh hell, I don't know. I never go to it. <laughs> anyway, the celebration. That's it, since they started celebrating it, it. It was a strange occurrence. Uh, we had these floods. Uh, the priests decided to use magic to reduce the, uh, the flooding damage, and out of this came a celebration. And honestly, over the last forty years, the celebration has been overshadowing the actual problem. Um, but I don't, the, the priest should take care of this. They they always have in the past. Okay, all right. So it's not a not a real threat. Like the cauldron's not going to fill with water. If I mean, if maybe even if nobody did anything at all, it wouldn't fill all the way. But it's 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 flooded up a couple of roads before. I mean, brown okay. roads, you know, like yeah, the the inner perimeters. Yep. Um, I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, okay. priests will get to it. Good idea, bad premise. All right. Maybe it's a good premise, bad idea. I'm not sure. Never <laughs> could figure out which one's which. It's all right. Well, but, I take the canter, you know, put it like where you might. Um, and then lastly, that uh, cube, there was a, a gnomish puzzle box. He pulls it out and sets it on the table. There it is. I was wondering when you were coming for this. Yes. So I know that I, I need to spend some time um, examining it, try to crack at least some level of knowledge. Um, so I suppose uh, if you have the artisans uh, available to work on those items, then I could probably devote my time to looking at this. I think your time would be better spent working on this. Okay. I think you have a lot more to learn from this than you would creating your headband or the book. Okay. All right. And then, then I'll, I'll give the, the schematic for the glove as well. And it's like, you know, if I'll, I'll give it to him. It's like, you know, if your artisans could make that as well, I would appreciate it. And I'll, I'll devote my time to trying to figure out what exactly this thing is. Um, I will have, uh, I'll have Jonathan try to come up with a, a, a prototype of your prosthetic and see how that works. Okay. If it works, uh, we'll keep a copy and okay. then of course it's yours to take back. It's your invention. Um, but we'll only use the copy to help people. Uh, we're not going to, we're not going to sell your intellectual property to I'm anyone. I'm not worried about it. Okay. Um, I would like to have you keep me apprised on this box okay all right then uh i guess i'll go to the the research area uh yeah yep library so I, i'm assuming we're, we're he and our deacon and i are finished he's finished when you are um, okay. he doesn't seem overly busy and okay he's yeah you've you've piqued his interest for sure because you've designed something he's never seen before and you know uh, he really Obviously, looks curious about the box. Mm -hmm. 
But you get the feeling that he's not done anything because it's not his. Okay. All right. So uh, I think came first time. And uh, I was like, I am going to retire to the library and start our start examining this thing. All right. You have a good wet day. I think that's <laughs> yes, what sir. they say this time of the year. Um, so I'll go to the library and before I start working on this box, I would like to do a little research on the blue Duke. All right. Uh, you can give me a knowledge history with advantage. All righty. Let's see. Did it go? Did it go? 15. 15. Um, the best you can find right now. So it's not like you've re- recalled something, right? What you've mm-hmm. done is you've found mention of it. Um, very, very old mention of it. Like 70, 80 years ago, mention oh, of the okay. Blue Duke. Um, but it was more like a reference, like the Blue Duke, it, almost, uh, you know, those side column things in the book, the Blue Duke's name was there. And it was in reference to uh, uh, Castle Greyhawk 70 years ago. But okay. that's literally, you know, because of the role, that's kind of all the information you find right now. So it's an old name. It is an old name. Okay. All right. So, uh, might uh, discuss that with someone later. Okay. Um, all right. So we'll take a crack at this puzzle box. All right. It's heavily enchanted. Um, but before I start really poking at it, I'd like to do some research research on it. See if I can find anything similar ideas of what it could be. I know it's a puzzle box, but it's enchanted heavily. Yes. Um, so give me a knowledge arcana. Advantage because I'm in the library or no? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Twenty. Twenty. Okay. Oh, no. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. So what you... Some of the stuff you may have already deduced on your own just simply because of location. A, um, the design, the, the mechanical design, the tinkering design of the box itself is old gnomish. It's an old art uh, form from... 150 years ago, not really lost, but just not used as much. Like they found better design. So it's just an old form of tinkering. The box itself, it's not like a solid box. Um, it's, if you hold the right angle, you can almost see all the way through it. So it's, it's mechanisms, it's gears, it's wires, it's pulls. Um, you can feel some things moving like a disc will move. You can twist one, or sometimes you can feel like you can, barely shift the box itself but it's not giving way um you cast detect magic and it has the aura of all seven schools on it yep um but now that you've had chance to sit down study do some research the one thing you do notice is the strongest aura that you get from it is abjuration okay 
The other auras are there, but the abjuration aura, because of its strength, masks the rest of the aura's strengths. Right? They're all the other six are there, but you can't tell uh, the strength of the aura because the divination is overshadowing. Divination or abjuration? I'm sorry, abjuration. Okay. Um, so it's protected heavily. That's a that's definitely a safe assumption. Okay. Um, but other than that, you know, you, you've fiddled with the box and you've turned it and you've tried to make uh, some movements. Anytime you find figure out something that would maybe slip over or you know, it's it's a puzzle box. You know, mm-hmm. anytime you make some sort of headway in the puzzle. As soon as you let go of it, like you release your thumb from it, it slides back to where it was. Okay. Do I get the feeling it... 25. Uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm trying to think. You're the 25. That's pretty outstanding. Um, um, do I get the feeling it may take multiple people to solve? It's like I don't have enough hands? No, it feels like it's got layers. Like okay. it's going to take... You do this layer. Uh, you feel like um, you rolled a twenty-five. Not only do you feel like it, you you found mention of 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 puzzles like this before, specifically in the gnomish culture. So, what you know is that you've got to break down the most powerful aura, and then you're allowed to make a single movement of the box, which reveals the next aura, and you've got to reduce that aura. And then you're able to, so it's a combination of extremely, not necessarily powerful, but uh, expansive knowledge of magic, as well as either really good at tinkering or just freaking smart, uh, you know, with a Rubik's Cube kind of thing. So mechanics wise, it's going to take a tinkering check, which is easier, or a knowledge check, which is a lot harder. Okay. To to make the movement. However, you know that you've got to get rid of the abjuration aura first. So dispel magic. Do you? Uh, you're asking me, but you tell me what you try. Do I th- do I think dispel magic? So I'm concerned. Do I think dispel magic will destroy the item, uh, or will it, you know, shear the layer that I need to shear to move forward? You think at best. Worst case scenario, no. You don't think it's going to destroy the item okay. because it would be powerful enough to take out all of those auras, right? Uh, best case scenario, it'll knock out the abjuration aura. Okay. Maybe what's needed then. Um, so I will... Uh, you said I can get spells here, right? Yeah, yeah. This is cool. So I'll, I mean, you know, it's it still costs. Yeah, you know, right. Because describing stuff like that, it's fifty yeah. gold per spell level. So can I pay the one fifty to get dispel magic and try it? Sure. I okay. Think it's what three hours described? Yeah. It's that, well, no, actually, it's, it's, be, it's, it's two hours per spell level, but it's ab, that, that's abjuration. So I would say it's an abjuration half. spell, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's yes. an hour. So it's three hours and seventy-five gold. Okay. Yes, it's available, and you have absolutely have access to it. Just okay. Take off the cost, no right. problem. All right. So then I will prepare to dispel magic and 
dispel. So I don't want to be pedantic about this, but you can't prepare like you've already prepared for the day. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're we're talking like downtime, the royal downtime. So yes. tomorrow I'll come yes. back with the spell magic known. Okay. And try it. So uh, let's just set up that you want to make that plan because I just yes. want to do today today. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have the spell magic. You've acquired it. It's in your spell book. The plan is to tomorrow cast it and then yes. try to manipulate. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. That's a, that's a good starting point. All right. Um, Was there anything no. else Kelly wanted to do today? Today? No. Yeah. I think I've accomplished quite a bit. Um, if, uh, you know, since I'm going to be doing that, I'll be, since I've realized that's what I need to do, I'll, you know, stop investigating the, the puzzle box and then spend the rest of the day, you know, going through the magical library and scribing the spells that I need to kind of move forward, like dispel magic and so on and so forth. Okay. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you have access to all the spells, so just take care of the cost. Uh, you've got the time. So speaking of cost, um, so you said that the the prosthetic is 50 gold? Yes, to create. Okay, and uh, to create. All right, so I mean, I, I can create that. It, you said it's just a day, right? Yeah, I mean, normally 50 gold would take several days, but this is a very simple magical item. Okay. Uh, you literally take a glove and you shape the material and enchant it. So yeah, it's just a day to create this for a hand, for a finger, a leg, an arm bigger might take long. Will definitely take longer. Okay. And so the, the headband and the arcing grimoire are uncommon items. How much are those going to cost? Those are 500, but you've already started paying on those. Well, I have, I'm sorry, but I haven't taken it, I haven't taken it off my sheet. So I just I want to allocate the money. So if I spend any money on spells like dispel magic, gotcha. I'm not going to run out of cash. Uh, I actually I, I think I misspoke. Uh, 500 I believe is rare. Uncommon's like a hundred. Let me let me just look. To make it's two hundred. No, okay. Base price uncommon is five hundred. Okay, I'm the, rare is five thousand. So yeah. Um, you were having these made for you, right? Okay. So, um, but you had the uh, the burnout iron stone for the yep. uh, the intellect headband, which did cover some of the cost. Um, and I had the spell is... book. Huh? I had the spell book for the arcane grimoire. Yes, you don't. Yeah, you gave that part of it. Um, and also, if you are going to spend some time assisting, yeah. Just say five hundred for the both of them. Oh, so two fifty each. Okay. Yes. All That's right. Good. Because you turned in some, uh, you turned in some powerful Girls. items to for creation, and you also assist, assisted in the creation. Okay. All right. So it's good to know. So that um, that just lets me allocate that money. So any money I've got left over, if I want to buy a couple of spells, I can go ahead and do that and scribe them. Yes. All right. Cool. <clears throat> good. Good. Yeah, so that's all I've got really got planned. Okay. Um, the long-term plans will pick up again on Monday when we actually play the full game. Okay. Um, but just, uh, we're doing the vignettes to give each 
player, a chance to do very, very player-centric stuff. So, mm-hmm. cool. And we'll also, uh, we can start out on Monday as well. You can attempt your Dispel Magic. But again, we're going to do some downtime. But we'll we'll go over that. We'll go over that on Monday. Okay, sounds good. Cool. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And... Uh, yeah, gotta reset it. Wow, that was a <laughs> burp talk. Um, all right, we'll Jamie, go, go offline. Are you good? Hmm? It's 1030. Are you good? Are you yeah, good? yeah, we'll, we'll go yours? offline and then we can come back online and do mine. All right, now we are on to vignette number three. I feel like I've said vignette, vignette an obscene amount of times today. Like, it's not one of those words you ever really use, but... I almost feel pompous for saying it. A vignette, vignette, vignette. It's it's not a word that is in my uh, is in my regular vocabulary. That's for sure. I think the no. only time I've ever said it is to you. Well, I feel like we have grown together. <laughs> I think of the word obulette from uh, labyrinth and like from ancient uh, uh, Middle Eastern like torture rooms. Obulette, obulette. Uh, when I say vignette, I hope this doesn't turn into that. Uh, well, let me throw my notes out then. Uh, <laughs> so, just like the other two, we're going to pick up the next day, ni- uh, the ninth day, first thing in the morning, 8 a.m.-ish. Um, you've just recently left Drakthar's way. Uh, you got Oric out. You took uh, Drakthar out and secured their bodies. You spent the afternoon doing a few things. And then you crashed for the night. Waking up the next day, you are now a fifth level fighter. Talk to me about a fifth level fighter. This is a big one, I think, for you. <laughs> it's a big one, but it is it is all encompassed by one thing and one thing only: <laughs> uh, the extra attack. So, fifth level, you can when you take the attack action, you can attack twice. So, with his pole master, or was it pole arm master feet, he will take two attacks with one end of the stick. And a second or a third attack with the butt end of the stick. With the handle. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else at level five for you? Like your special class uh, or uh, archetype? Anything features there? Nope. That's literally the only thing is, that's, is the extra attack. That's a pretty pretty big bump. It is. It's nice. And I, and I was been thinking about um, <clears throat> making some changes um, to Fairzon. Um, his, the maneuvers that he gets, um, you can swap them out. Um, there's a, there's a mechanic for swapping them out. Uh, okay. But I think right now they're okay. Um, I haven't landed a single trip attack, but it is very powerful. Like if I can lead with a trip attack and then get two more attacks, action surge and two more attacks, all, that would be four attacks at advantage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could. You know. That would definitely be the way to end a fight for sure. Yeah, it might be a way to start one. Uh. You, you, yeah, start and finish. Yeah, in one round. Yeah. Um, I know you had mentioned at one point you were wanting to do possibly some retraining as far as like your weapon style, fighting style. <clears throat> Is that still something you're wanting to consider? Yeah. Um, and I. The downtime is probably the time to talk about that too. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So his 
let's see what level i guess it's at level one you get a yeah the fighting style and i chose out of the gate the great uh, great weapon fighting uh-huh and so that re-rolls a one or a two and then you have to reuse that and i didn't i didn't even realize it was in use because i had forgotten about it but um beyond 20 takes care of that so when when i've been rolling it's got the special syntax in the roll and it just does it so i love the fact that you mixed roll 20 and D D beyond and came up with beyond 20 Did I? that's actually perfect it's exactly what we have is beyond 20 actually the uh, so D uh, D beyond and 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 um and roll 20 there's an there's a chrome extension called beyond 20 oh really and so yeah so when i'm oh. in when i'm in um D D beyond i have extra little buttons on the and when I click click on my character sheet, it rolls it in and uh, roll twenty. I gotcha. Okay, so that that's, well, see, that's I, the reason I, it I, looks. I assumed you were creative. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> I I didn't actually mean to say beyond twenty. Um, I yeah. don't think because I wasn't talking about that. But yes, um, roll twenty gets its. Yeah, gets the roll syntax, like the dice and the re-rolls and all that stuff from D&D Beyond via Beyond 20. And it was it's, it's all been automatic, but, you know, I'd, I think that changing from the um, great weapon, yeah, great weapon fighting, the re-rolling the damage to um, the defense uh-huh. fighting style, so that it would... It would um, lose some damage overall, um, but it would be gaining a plus one to his AC. Which in 5e, plus one to AC is very significant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Considering like old, old dragons have armor classes in the low 20s. So yeah, that is a that is a pretty big deal. All right. Obviously can't retrain in a day, but mm-hmm. like you said, we'll we'll discuss that uh, in our, our downtime uh actions as it were but let's talk about a day in the life of fares um <laughs> it's the day after um uh, it's raining like a flood season what do you want to do today i know you had a couple of ideas you of things you want to do what's on the agenda um so the next since it is the next day uh, the first thing would be on his mind is the um the long staff that he had commissioned Oh yeah, it's ready today. Yes, yes. Hooray! All right. So we'll uh, go so, over to the smith. Uh, is it smith a weapon smith or a forge or blacksmith? He's a blacksmith. Uh, I believe he knew who to outsource it to. Okay. To get um, because it's it's well no it's an iron sh- not iron shot but you you had taken the links from the uh, the chain golem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and used those so no he took care of it. Um, yeah, in, in my mind, uh, it would be, you know, a little, you know, a quarter staff, you know, six foot quarter staff doesn't have any reinforcements, but a, a 10 foot quarter staff would be a little thicker. And then since he is, you know, stronger, um, those those chain links would become metal bands around the ends to give it, you know, that that masterwork quality, give it a little bit more thump. Yeah, <laughs> you know? heavier on the end. Yeah. Uh, more sturdy handle to thunk people over the head with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. 
All right. So you head down to the uh, place that just completely vacated from my mind. Blacksmith? Blacksmith. God, yes. Head down to the blacksmith. Um, walk inside, and I believe you met this guy before. You met him, I think, on the first day. Because mm-hmm. um, Khaldun came here as well, uh, wanted to talk to somebody, wanted to talk to a blacksmith and possibly use their forge. But you go inside, and he busy, you know, busy at work, uh, working on some other uh, contraption. Sees you walk in and sets sets down his hammer, stands up. Ha! Come on in. I finished your uh, your stick. He walks over. It, this is a dwarf. I don't know if you remember or not. He's a dwarven forge. Uh, Gernzarn walks over. Picks up his and in, in his hands, it's I mean, like he's hold he's he's holding it like, you know, cradling it like a giant baby, and it carries it over to you, hands it to you, give it a swing. So what you think? Okay, and uh, so Ferzon will take a take a few steps back. Uh, maybe I mean, if it's a dwarven forge, this is probably a low ceiling, so he he may even step out <laughs> into the uh, uh, into the ro- end of the walkway, the roadway there, and. Give it a few solid, like, you know, long, long arching swing. You know, um, those quarterstaff, I've seen people uh, fight with them, and they, they don't just hold it in the middle and strike, strike. They they will use it as a, as a reach weapon. So that's that's why I'm calling it a long staff, is he's, he uses it as a reach weapon from time to time. So he, he doesn't just, you know, swing like the, uh, what's the American Gladiators? The pugilist, uh, the pugilistic, the giant Q tips. Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't just swing it like that, but he he'll he'll reach and jab with it and do those long arcing um, strikes with it. And um, it being a master weapon, it's probably freaking good at this. <laughs> it is, and it's the balance is perfect. Okay. And just a, uh, a quick note <clears throat> on what you were talking about earlier about uh, it being a dwarven forge. This is cauldron, and this area of of Orith, of of Greyhawk, it's very human-centric. So, yes, he's a dwarf, but he's working in a human-sized forge. Just to kind of reiterate and remind you of the fact that, like, non-humans are 1% of the population in this town. So, just a reminder of that. um, Okay. Okay. Give you a visual, you know. You walk in expecting a dwarven place, but it's just a master blacksmith dwarf working in a human town. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So he did. um, Yeah. So still, I don't know if there would be enough, enough, quite enough room, but he'll find, he'll find the, find the spot to do it. He won't get a big stick. Yeah. He won't destroy the roof or knock, knock the uh, supports down for the, uh, (laughs) for the rafters or anything like that. Um, But he, um, since he has not paid for it, he will actually, you know, offer offer it back to him, um, and say, "It is a fine weapon. How much I do I owe you?" He takes it. Well, you made it. I will admit, easier by giving me the the chains to use, which I can tell they're magic uh, because they. Whenever I try to infuse them into the wood, they. Sometimes we move on their own. Very, very strange. Um, how much did I quote you? I have no idea. I don't. I don't remember. Jamie doesn't remember. 
In that case, 10,000 gold. Unfortunately, you'll have to keep he, that stick he, for a while. He chuckles. <laughs> uh, I believe uh, I believe we agreed on 100 gold pieces. Very good. And he kind of starts counting. <laughs> Coppers. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's I, silver. I need right? you to roll that, please. Uh, yeah, silver. Yeah. Uh, so basically, a thousand silver pieces. Okay. And you get the money transaction complete. What do you think? Feel all right? I, it, it is a, it is as fine as a weapon as I've ever held. To be honest. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I do plan to. Um, have the folks at the Blue Crater Academy see if they can further enhance it at some point. But for now, uh, this is a wonderful weapon that will uh, help defend this town, this city. Hey, when you say that at the Blue Crater, well, why? Why are you going there? I assume that the wizards and academics there would be able to add magic to this. Are you able to do that? I don't know. What do, you, what do you want to add to it? Just inf enforce it even further so that it will strike harder and strike truer. I've heard, I have not held, held a an enhanced weapon, but uh, I, I do wish that this to become one. And and obviously game mechanics terms, just wanting plus, to turn it into a plus one or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, hell, I could do that. What is that going to cost me? <laughs> well, uh, you've already got it. It's already great quality. Normally, I would charge right around 5,000 silver. Um, I've heard of you, though, and I heard what you do with those kids. I'll charge you 4,000 silver. And what is the turnaround time on such an endeavor? Mm. For four thousand silver, uh, I, I will put it on my medium priority. Probably get it done two weeks. Two weeks. Uh. Which you, you've talked to, to Caldoon about some of the items you said and created. One of them cost. One of them took about a month. So, not too bad. That's it's about average. What you would think? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just. I'm. I'm wanting to use the things <laughs> i know we were talking about that i think off air when you're like i keep upgrading it so much that i never get to use it never get to use it yeah <laughs> be level 20 with like this god of a weapon that this dwarf has made over the past eight and a half days yeah <laughs> um well i guess Sorry, it does take time he says um are there enough of the chain left over to make a second weapon of this size. What do you have in mind? Uh, you're making a second one of this quality, but with the magical enhancements. And I take this one and uh, beat back the beasts and thugs of, of the city. So basically you want a, another one from scratch. Yes. But magic. Uh, it's going to be, I mean, the total price will be 5,000 silver. Okay. That's with a discount. I mean, you know, a hundred <laughs> for the masterwork staff, and then four thousand for the enchantment. 
Normally he, it's six thousand silver. Just, <laughs> he, just he, saying. He he look he looks at it and kind of spins it a few times, just kind of you know idly idly in his hands there, and says, "I tell you what, I'll come back and another time and have this done." But at this point, I'll need to. I think I need to get used to this one before I commit to the enhancements. <laughs> Waves his hand. Shoot yourself. <laughs> so, says, thank you very much. And he will hand him the thousand gold or a thousand silver. Yeah. Yeah. hundred silver. gold pieces. Yeah. It actually was my, my pleasure. Uh, come back anytime. You want to chat that thing? Come here first. I guarantee you my workmanship for a weapon would be much better than the blue crater Academy. Hmm. It says, I do apologize. I was not aware of your capabilities, but you will be my first visit. Excellent. Apology accepted. <laughs> so he, he, um, he goes to, he turns and then he light bulb goes off, goes on over his head. And he turns back. That's around. flammable. Be careful. <laughs> uh, and he says, uh, what about armor? Do you, do you make or have any, armor my size full plate i no i don't have it available in stock i mean you're weird but i could take what i have and modify it be a lot quicker than making it from scratch a lot cheaper well it won't be cheaper of cost <laughs> be a lot well won't be cheaper yeah, I can either make you a, a, a suit from scratch if you like or take some set that I have and modify it. Uh, I will tell you, if I make it from scratch, it will take time, obviously. Making armor doesn't happen overnight. And it'll be just standard price, 15,000 silver. If I modify the armor, it's going to cost as much as the armor plus the modification prices. Lots quicker, but it'll cost you... About another five thousand silver, grief. So, basically, twenty thousand silver instead of fifteen thousand. But you get it in a week versus a month. Right. Um, let me look at the things that. <laughs> Checking your bank account. Yeah, checking, checking <laughs> Have I paid my rent yet? Uh, uh, let me get back to you next pay period. Yeah, right. That's the uh, that's the thing. Um, no, he's. I've only, I've only got um, eleven hundred gold pieces. We didn't uh, we didn't go through and and divvy up the uh, loot that we got the other day. Um, well, if you want to get me started on it, you don't have to pay it all at once. You can give me a down payment. I'll get working. You know. Not everybody's got all the money all at once. I won't charge any extra for delay in payment, but I will okay. need a down payment. Okay. Materials and such. Um, and and th as far as the um, we went to the to the magic shop um, some some sessions ago. I don't remember this, but did the skies sky yeah. not, yeah, this is Jamie. Um, did did she have any um, armor? Hmm? <laughs> yeah, she did. Uh, Sky's Emporium. Yeah, 
Uh, let me switch gears. Hang on. Let's see. So she had, um, in game terms, all of this is plus one, right? Scale mail, chain mail, shield, steel shield, a kukri, a mace, a longsword, a scimitar, a dagger, and leather armor. Each of those available. Um, they're 500 gold apiece. She, uh, well, you haven't been back to her since, but, um, 500 gold apiece, and they're like in stock and made um, available immediately. And I think we discussed it, or if I haven't already, I have always been under the impression that you're considered a medium creature, right? <laughs> I mean, you are, you're not yeah. considered large by game mechanics. Yeah. I mean, thematic says you're a foot taller than most, and blah, blah, blah. So I'm not going to penalize you. Um, for any of that stuff. That's why, like, if he makes armor for you, it's going to be the cost of regular, mm -hmm. normal size armor. Um, all of the armor, magical armor, does resize to fit you being a little bigger, but you're medium. So at the end of the day, medium armor fits you, even though you're a big, freaking massive dude. Right? Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. I don't want to penalize you for picking a race that's bigger than like thematically bigger than a dwarf, which is a medium creature as well. So any of the magical armors you find that are for a medium creature, they're going to fit you. Okay. Okay. That's okay. Fair. Or if they're for sale or whatever, if you're, if you find them, they'll, they will fit you. Okay. Um, magic. Magic. Ones. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, now the only thing I think in the equipment list that's better than the splint mill is plate. It's full plate. Half plate is actually a little worse. I didn't realize that it was worse than splint mail. Well, full plates, like the cream to the cream, it's the best there is in yeah. all the armor types. Um, it, there are enough differences to where... Okay, so yeah, you got splint, you got plate, which is essentially full plate. Um, it's a point difference, and it's a hell of a lot cheaper. I think... Honestly, it's a point of armor difference. None of the other statistics are really any different. It's a little bit lighter than plate. It still has a strength requirement and disadvantage on stealth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, so Farazon will tell what was his name? Gersman. Gernzon, yeah. Gernzarn. Gernzarn. I'm sure it's pronounced. Some... I know it's completely different. Than that. <laughs> I was saying linger hands. You know, <laughs> one time Mike hears it and he's like, "Oh, that sounds like it should be this," and I'm like, "You're absolutely correct." Yeah. Well, when you spelled it out, it you know it has the uh... Farfik Nugan. Yeah. That's, yes, that's the one. And Lon, like Vaughn. Yeah. Didn't see that. Anyway. Well, yeah. So Farzan will tell him that. Um... Uh, at this time, I think that I will just take the staff and go, but I will revisit you once my coffers are a bit fuller. Well, I hope that my coffers get a bit fuller when that happens, too. <laughs> <laughs> says, thank you very much, Sir Dwarf. Of course, of course. Do come back. Absolutely. And he will turn and go. Uh, the, the other thing... Um, I don't, I don't know that, um, hmm. 
I don't know that I had any other like shopping or any, anything like that I wanted to do. Um, the the only other thing that I can think of that Farazam would would do is there an open area like a like a well probably the monastery is is down the hill but um, is there an open area where Farazam could do some training? Well, actually, yeah, there is the Temple of Lordly Might, which is a one of the four temples in Cauldron dedicated to the god Cord, okay. who is the god of combat and fighting and essentially it's a small worship area mm-hmm. and a giant freaking arena that's where they hold all kinds of like the olympics or any kind of friendly uh competition um they have uh gladiatorial games on a regular basis hmm. um, actually you've heard that during the uh, flood festival they have a competition a gladiatorial competition not to the death obviously uh, the, the priests of court are there to heal those that may have taken a, a hit a little too hard than they should have. Um, <laughs> but all are welcome to uh, to join and uh, attempt to win the, the gladiatorial games. But yes, uh, absolutely. Anybody that wants to come and practice their martial prowess is welcome at the Church of Cord without question and without cost. Okay. I sound like I was just a commercial selling that. That'll be on the next uh, town crier. <laughs> town crier. <laughs> yeah, that's come on down to the Temple of Cord. Uh, yeah, uh, that would be that would be a good place for him to visit, um, and he he'll put the uh, the new long staff through its paces. So striking right. a few a uh, few fighting dummies, uh, if he can find someone to spar with, uh, definitely definitely do that. Do we have the map up? I'm not sure if I've revealed. Uh, where are you? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm uh, looking to see if I've revealed uh, in the key um, the temple of... Holy crap, where is it? Anyway, oh, okay, there it is. Uh, it's actually listed as the Temple of Gorum uh, because this was converted. Blah, blah, blah. It's in the western... It's number 25. That is the Temple of Cord. I'm using a map that was converted to something else uh, that was not Greyhawk, I think. Okay. Anyway, yes. Temple of Cord is on Obsidian Avenue in the westernmost kind of southwestern area of Cauldron. Okay. Um, and I believe the blacksmith shop was in the eastern quadrant, so he'll make his way around to the Temple of Cord. Yeah, and that's twenty-four. Was let me uh, let's go ahead and I haven't revealed that for some reason. Yeah, got Gernazarn Smithy. Right. Why are you being awful? Reveal areas like you're smart. There we go. Gernizarn's, Gernizarn, yeah, see, that sounds right. Gernizarn Smithy. It is almost completely directly across town um, from the Temple of Lordly Might. So that's where you're heading, yeah? Mm-hmm. All right, head over to the, the temple. And again, like I said, you walk up to it and you think more Roman Colosseum than church. <laughs> um, the front doors are wide open. Uh, you step inside, and 
there's a, a, a nice front foyer area that's obviously well kept by the priests uh, that that stay here. But you can hear the sound of fighting and combat off to your left. You walk around the corner, um, and you see out in the yard, in the mud, because it's not a covered coliseum. It's it's you know basically like. God bless you. Cord says kill something. Um, you see several groups of people out fighting uh, among them, and you see this one man who's walking among them and obviously giving out pointers. Or if somebody gets hit, you see him lay a hand and they heal up. And you know, it's it it's obviously the uh, the priest of Cord, and he's a half orc. Um, okay. And he sees you walking out to the to the. The, the fighting grounds. Eyes Archie walks over to you. Welcome. What may you mean? What is your name, sir? What may your name be? <laughs> says, Good morning. My name is Ferzan. Ferzan on Mass Felker. I am the high priest of Cord in the city. Um, welcome. You are always welcome here. It looks as though you've. Uh, hit something before and he's a big guy but you still have a head you're still a head taller than he is right what was his what was his name master my name is as felkir a-s-f-e-l-k-i-r you can see it emblazoned on my chest i got off work fixing trucks an hour ago <laughs> but he's he a big like jaw tusks jutting out of his mouth. Um, probably more orc than human, you know, on that little genetic trait side. Um, but very bright and open and cheery. Okay. Glad to see you. Like he, and it, he, there's uh, practice dummies, you know, things you can swing your stick at. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. once he greets you, he heads back over. You need me. You let me know if you get hurt, I'll fix you up. And he walks back over and he can see him start to, you know, get pointers again. Oh, get that foot back. Get your hands up. Uh, widen your stand. You know, stuff like that. Okay. Um, just before he walks away, um, Farazan will ask, is there a formal right to um, getting a sparring partner or challenging someone and so that, to a fight so that we can practice together? No, no. Just ask. Okay. There's no, no formalities. Um, it's understood that you're not trying to kill each other, so don't try to kill somebody. Um, if you do hurt somebody, stop. Let the fight end. If it's needing of healing, I'll come take care of it, or one of the other acolytes will take care of it. Um, if should you knock somebody out, the fight is over. Otherwise, sportsmanship is is highly encouraged. And uh, if you ever need a few pointers, I'll be around. Well, if I see a stance that's off, I'm happy to help. And he sounds just like me because he sounds like his mouth is full of something. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> uh, he's, so Ferzon uh, will give a give a short little bow and says, "Thank you, Master." Please, I am not a master. I appreciate the reverence. I appreciate the. the you did say master, right? Yes. Yeah. Appreciate the reverence. Appreciate the respect. But I would prefer you call me as Philcare. I will try. That's all I ask. <laughs> he smiles and pats you on the shoulder. Now go get some sweat. He heads back out like a coach. Okay. Pat you on the butt. Blows a whistle. You know. <laughs> Good game. Um, <laughs> Good game. Good game. <laughs> Good game. 
Uh, so yeah, uh, Fairzon will try to find a spot kind of off to the side. That's again, you know, hit, that being a long staff, the uh, reach weapon uh, to go through a couple of katas. Um, so I see his fighting style is a bit more of the you know using a martial art type thing because we the original con concept of him was a monk. Um, yeah, so I do see yep. him as a bit more controlled than just you know screaming and swinging sort of thing. Um, so like I, and the other thing is since he, he got the, the staff with his, with this new level, I kind of feel like that's what leads him to moving faster. Um, you know, to be able to take those two attacks, he, he swings it and thinks, Oh, you know, this is really great and really, really well balanced. So then he just swings around again and takes the second attack with it. So, you know, I just, I, so it's he... kind of attributing it to the weapon, not his own personal skill at this point, since it's a brand new weapon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the, first, the first few swings right. with it, he's, he's, you know, he, he swings it and it just, he, it feels natural to just let it keep coming around and, you know, going again with the other end. So, or with, I mean, with the same end, you know, he's, he's been going, you know, whack, whack. Uh, yeah. But now he, whack, whack, whack. So lots of, <laughs> lots of air movement around him as as he kind of learns the the feel of the new of the new thing and i assume that it's a bit heavier um and even though he is pretty strong he is putting his his um uh, kind of the leverage behind you know that he can create with his long frame um and it, it's just woof, <laughs> you know as it, as he's swinging the thing around it's like um, cutting cutting a line in the rain it stops yeah. it for a second then continues on <laughs> and, then, and then falls but i i do see him like as he's you know feeling the balance of it um and this kind of goes back to the, the the retraining to the new fighting style um he he doesn't he doesn't feel the need to swing it quite as hard you know he just thinks that you know the weapon in its um, in its form and as, as his skill has grown, he can just allow it to, you know, let it do it, do its own work. You know, that his, he's going to hit a little bit more accurately. Um, but he's not going to swing it as hard. You know, that's in my, in my mind, that's how he is going to start retraining, um, from the great weapon fighting to the defense. You know, he's going okay. to keep his balance a little bit more so that he can pull it back and block an extra shot, you know, an extra, extra attack here and there. Um, he, um, but yeah, he, he plans his attacks and strikes a little bit more in, uh, in an effort to be able to block with it. Um, those, those metal bands along the, uh, along the staff are now, um, they would better deflect a sword or an ax or something like that coming at him. He can use it a bit more freely to, uh, to defend himself. Okay. So. so you're standing over there with uh, the target dummy and you're going through the motions and uh, the routine that you've done a thousand times before, the, the routine you've been doing since you were a kid, learning how to fight. And you hear Asphalt Care in the, in the, in the, in the den of, uh, of all the other fighting. You're walking over to you. Okay. I, you have definitely been training a majority of your life, I can tell. But it looks like you're Trying to trying to be offensive and defensive at the same time, and he goes on to, to to like give you an idea of rather than doing a full swing overhead, 
take a step back, have your weight on your, you know, shift your weight this way. And so he's basically like teaching you instead of going full all out, double handed, doing the giant weapon, you know, mm -hmm. reroll your damage, try to go weight on your back foot to where you're more defensive and hold the staff this way to block. So, and essentially whenever you decide to do the retraining, you know, that Asphalt care could absolutely teach you how to change from great weapon to defensive style. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So he's and you know, he's complimenting you very, very much. Um, especially the speed at which you attack, you know, basically accounting for the second attack you've just acquired. Um, he, he cannot, uh, I, I, I can't tell you any higher praise than what you're doing. You do something that I can't do. So I, it would be my honor if you're to give you some pointers. Uh, you're welcome here anytime. He says uh, that is that is high praise indeed. Um, if you have the, when I have the time, I will definitely come here for training. Well, time is only given to us once. You have the time. You need to make the time. There are other responsibilities. We have just uh, come from underneath, underneath the the city, clearing out a a band of goblins that are causing trouble. Um, ah, we, I've heard about that. My, my friends and I says, I think I can call them friends at this point. My friends and I, uh, rescued several children that had been kidnapped. Um, I know just a few days ago, those things are a bit more, uh, important than learning to swing a stick a little bit better. Yes. But there are also means to an end. You charged forward into a lair of cowards and kidnappers and thieves, and you rescued children. Cord would be proud to call you a follower. I would be proud to call you a friend. You are welcome here. I will teach you how to be defensive if that's your choice. And it will be my treat and he, he he will um do do the uh, you know plant plant the staff on one one side you know to him and the yeah he can't he can't put both hands together because yeah. he'll drop the stick on him yeah. but he'll hold the one in front of him and then and then oh, do oh, a shit, bow shit. like a, a full a full you know full bow to him as he was taught in the monastery i said it will it will be my honor master and Asfilk nods and said, Asfilk here, please. There is what one master, and that's Cord. But I'm not here to convert you. I'm here to fight. And he continues on to give you pointers, and, and he actually actu actually asks for pointers from you because... You're a fighter. He's a cleric, right? Like mm -hmm. you have a lot more martial prowess than he does. So he'll see you do something and just kind of, how did you do that? Like, show me how you did that again. You know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, he starts training with you and kind of gra gather a little bit of a crowd. Some of the other people that are there are more like uh, off duty uh, guardsmen or weekend warriors or people just wanting to get a workout, but they see you working hand in hand with asphalt care and, see him taking pointers from you they are standing around you watching you 
Uh, and every once in a while, they'll throw you another weapon, and like you just take it, and just it's natural to you. You're you're really best with your staff, but somebody throws you a dagger, and you flip it around and show them a couple of moves because. I mean, any weapon you touch, you can do an extra attack, right? You just you just know how to the flow of combat and how to move your body, right? So mm-hmm. you acquire kind of a crowd while you're there training okay. and, and talking to the priest. Okay. Are you going to join the uh, gladiatorial games during the Flood Festival? Uh, when When are they scheduled? Do I have time? Do you have time? I can't answer that question. Um, it's uh, as far as when does it start? Yes, I believe it's in a couple of weeks. I'm not sure. That I, I'd have to look. Uh, I'm not even sure what today is. It's a Wednesday. Ah, Wednesday. So yeah, a couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, I says then yes, I will. I will partake or participate. Oh, you can do both. <laughs> Where so do I sign up? <laughs> oh, hey, yells at another acolyte. Get him a get him a scroll. He's going to sign up for the the gladiatorial games, and you know one of the other uh, younger acolytes runs off and brings it to you, and it's soaking wet, and the ink is from the the quill is just draining all over his hand, and you just see Asphalt Care just shake his head. Good fighter, not much upstairs. <laughs> is there anything else uh, Farzan is wanting to do today? Uh, once, once he's kind of gotten a workout in, um, I think that, you know, and I'm sure that would take a, uh, you know, take a couple of hours or so, um, you know, there, and then just toward the, uh, after, after a midday late afternoon meal or something like that, he would probably go down to, um, the pavilion, uh, that they, mm-hmm. they visited before. And is it, it, is the water level that high? It's not to the pavilion. Uh, per se, but it's you can tell uh, that it's definitely risen a few feet from this normal okay. water line of the of the uh, of the uh, crater. Okay, okay. And so, so the other um, one of the other things that he gets as a battle master was those uh, tool proficiencies. So, I'd, I'd, after he works the uh, you know the 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 large muscle groups, he would then go and uh, start. Uh, drawing or even or painting um and you know and i kind of i kind of associate that with you know the repeated lines of of a of a uh of a fighting kata um i see you know him him doing the uh repeated you know patterns of drawing those are kind of in the same you know same mental discipline sort of thing so he would go go there and um, sketch or paint or something like that. And, and after a while, when he kind of gets into the flow and the zone, he probably, um, you know, starts, um, um, trying to draw or, or, or render in some, some paints, um, you know, his, his home, his, the mountain that he's from the, um, you know, maybe, maybe a village, the village that he left or something like that. So, but, but other than that, you know, he would just be, you know, memories and, and kind of just, just putting them down onto the paper under, underneath the pavilion. Well, it's nice how you've gone that direction because that's an amazing segue for the history. Uh, what do you call it? It's a, it's a backstory. It's a flashback. Mm-hmm. It's not actually, it's not a flashback. 
but it's it's uh, you're drawing these mountains and you're you're drawing the valley that you're from, the treeless valley uh, among the peaks and the mountaintops. And actually, the scene changes to the actual valley among these peaks. Uh, in the middle is a large village, a road that leads between two of the peaks out of the of the valley to other cities. Uh, the valley's untouched except by necessity of the tribe that lives there and, and time itself. It's a village of giants, goliaths. It's the cold season. It's in the northern sec, the northern hemisphere of Orith, uh, close to the top of the world. Families are milling about, completing chores needed to survive. The men, the warriors um, of the tribe, are taking turns in the middle in the makeshift coliseum, more or less, uh, a fighting ring, uh, training yard. There's a large central cabin serves as the chieftain's house where the community's community decisions and weddings and funerals are made and held. In the center of the village, a blackish red two-dimensional disc slowly starts to form. And it stops expanding around 20 feet in diameter. Stepping out of the gate is an insectoid-looking creature as it dips its head to emerge from the gate, standing 25 feet tall. Stands upright. It's got a long, almost lizard-like tail behind it. Scaly, extended behind, doing a counterweight, swaying back and forth. It's multifaceted, bug-like eyes. Looks, taking in the village. And slowly steps to the side, out of the way of the, the portal. All the villagers around, within ice, you know, within sight, they freeze what they're doing. They stop, frozen in fear. Afterwards, dozens of small, devil-like horned creatures, red-skinned, pour out of the portal, and they form up two lines, parade lines, in front standing waiting for the blackish-red haze of the door. And then finally, a figure steps from the portal, average size, right around six feet tall, wearing pitch-black armor, full plate, with spikes that are obviously placed for combat, strategically placed for attacks, defense. The front of the plate mail is open to a bare chest, and emblazoned on the bare chest is a pentagram. And all around the pentagram on the chest of this person is just scar tissue from a thousand cuts. Thousands and thousands of cuts. He steps out, looks around. I will speak with the chieftain. And every tribesman with an earshot scrambles to point to the cabin or to voice, oh, he's over there. And it doesn't seem like they're doing this out of fear, but out of just a sheer desire to do what he asks. The armored man calmly walks to the chieftain's hut, 
Both the guards standing before the hut step away, nodding, eager to please, allowing him in. The man steps in. There's one Goliath sitting inside at a long table. Chief Kalrektenmasha. The large man's large man, scarred from wounds of a hundred battles, allowed to heal naturally to show his prowess, slowly stands. Well over a foot taller than the armed the armed person in front of him. I am. Doing his best to keep his composure. Taking his helmet off, the armored man reveals a pasty white face. Black solid eyes, no pupils. Dark red hair that's slicked back that almost resembles a tattoo. It's so close to the skin. And rows of canine teeth that fit perfectly together and come apart when he speaks. I've lost my place. (laughs) I am the speaker of truths. He slowly steps around the table. And I have been given great purpose. The Goliath, standing there, finds his courage, only growls, I will never serve evil. Half to himself, half to the priest. Sit, the speaker utters, and with the weight of words he cannot fathom, the chieftain sits slowly, but it's as though he wanted to sit entire time the man stands behind the Goliath most men never consider torture it's a distant thought only considered as something that happens to another this is where they find peace if they were to ponder the idea they would only focus on the pain Few ever realize it's the loss they endure that is the true torture. Loss of will, loss of the joy, their future. He turns to look, staring into the eyes of the Goliath chieftain, their family, their lineage, their souls. He stands upright. He has a scepter in his hand, and he slings it out, and a blade appears at the end. I am Zael Keth, elder bishop to the prince of the nine, vicery to Orth, and the speaker of truth. He takes the blade and pulls it across his chest, drawing just a stream of blood. Staring at the Goliath, by my blood offering, to the Lord of Nessus, Archfiend Asmodeus, you will reveal to me your secrets in this life or the next. I swear this truth. I swear this truth. I swear this truth. The blade sheathes within the scepter. Now, shall we discuss an agreement? The scene shifts outside to the chief's cabin. All of the village stands gathered close together, surrounded by these small devilish features. 
Three of the male Goliaths lay splayed out, flayed on the floor, on the, on the snow, among a wash of blood. From within, a scream is heard, followed quickly by crying, and then silence. After a few moments, the two men, the speaker and the chieftain, walk out of the hall, the Goliath visibly shaken. You may say your prayers now, chief, if you like. My men will kill you now, as agreed upon. And the chieftain, just shaken, looks, thank you. The speaker walks away. All the men of the tribe are sitting on their knees, which is about eye level to him. Steps at the first one, looks in him, looks at the man in his eyes. You are a noble tribe. Zell steps in front of the each, staring deeply into their eyes. Steps to the next one, with great honor. Steps to another one, and respect for one another. Steps to the next. But there is always... Ah... Uh, he looks at the man in front of him, stares deep into his soul. There's always the truth. He steps back, pulls out the scepter again, shooting a blade out, draws it down across his chest again. I summoned you, Tarath Cthulhu, with the offering of the blood of a prince and the soul of a betrayer. Do my bidding. The Goliath, who he had just been staring at, looks around confused, somewhat angry, and falls forward on the all four hand, all fours, tempting to scream in pain as a pair of devilish wings burst from his back. His head reaches his head looks up, ridges start to push forward in his cheeks and his forehead. His knees bend backwards like that of a canine, and he stands to his full height stares directly at, Z at, Zay at, <laughs> at Zale. What? Find the witch. Find the boy. And with a strong gust of wind, Tereketh launches straight up into the air. And off into the distance behind them, the sound of rending flesh and snapping bones are barely drowned out. The shuddering words of the chieftain thank you and we'll see you guys Monday